Welcome to Unethical Podcast. Cole, uh, who's Cole's person? Yeah, I sell cars here in Rapid City, South Dakota. Which, if you haven't heard of it, Mount Rushmore is more popular, uh, kind of known for the area. So I live in Mount Rushmore. But is it true that Trumpy wanted to put his face on Rushmore? Oh my God! So yes, actually, there was there was he was out here uh, for the Fourth of July a couple of years ago. Yeah, he uh, he was like, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'll just put my face upon it. It'll be fantastic. We'll just have a fifth face, and it'll just be amazing. <laughs> His head would be twice the size of everybody else's. Oh, yeah. It would have been fucking hilarious. Big hands on the yeah. side. My hands are huge. My hands are huge. Look at them. Bigger than Lincoln's, bigger than Jefferson's, everybody. <laughs> oh, shit. oh, man. When he was here, that was a trip. I heard some stories of just like room service at Alex Johnson. Like they were, like the president was like trying to call it like one o'clock in the morning when he was staying out here for, uh, for room service at this hotel downtown and just trying to ask the most like just fucking ridiculous things and russian whores that competes on me no all right yeah, yeah. <laughs> no no the best you can do is a girl who's third generation from scandinavia that's unacceptable <laughs> <laughs> do a little product shout out here beers and bullshit okay is going to be what we do for uh just regular podcast that one's just kind of general forum uh you know crack a couple of beers just bullshit around and then uh, we do something called the Rushmore Sports Addicts, speaking about Rushmore, um, and that's just, fuck, that's gotten into everything. We do YouTube, Insta, trying to launch a TikTok and get someone to do that. Obviously, there's so many hours in the day. Yeah, I mean, literally just anything sport-related. We've gotten into doing cards, selling them on eBay a little bit, doing, like, live pack breaks, getting people in on that. So just kind of a lot is, is really, yeah. So Beers and bullshit, that sounds like fun. And then sports nerd shit. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> yep. Sports nerds. Beers and sports. Cool. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Beers and sports, you know, like super hyper masculine things, you know, like, like, ooh, rah, rah. Yeah, dude. Nice. I guess. <laughs> I've been a dude before. I've been a dude, you know? <laughs> yeah. I've, I've duded once or twice. <laughs> Same. Same. Except I stayed at like 12. I didn't move into sports. I kept with video games. I stayed 12. All right. Let's talk about s- stealing bodies. Okay, guys, we're going to head on back to the 19th century for this one. Sick. So for more than 70 years, a good living could be made by taking up a career as a body snatcher. Not to be confused with a grave robber who may take valuables off an expired socialite's corpse, but full on body snatching. Yeah. We shall start our story in jolly old England. Off we go. Shitty England. I heard about that. <laughs> Fucking hate London. I hate it. <laughs> no, nope. hate it. Tea and crumpets for you. London can eat my farts. Yes. <laughs> okay, so the first use of cadavers in medical schools came with the signing of Henry VIII's Edict of 1540, which stated that per year, the company of barber surgeons may have four bodies of executed criminals to be dissected publicly for students to observe. During this time, 
Any physicians, anatomists, or professors that were caught bribing hangmen or skimming excess corpses off the top were prosecuted. (laughs) I don't know what the punishment was, but wouldn't it be awesome if you ended up on the dissection slab for trying to get bodies from the dissection slab? Oh, yeah. (laughs) This is like early 1800s too, right? Like you couldn't even refrigerate bodies back then, so you need to get them fresh. Well, this is like, this is between 1540 and like about 1700s that this was happening. Oh, still like you still needed fresh bodies. So they must have, there must have been a way that they were getting the hangmen some cash without the authorities finding out, you know? Of course. Absolutely. Yeah. And this was like a more lawless time. Everything was kind of just like, we caught this person doing this thing that seems like morally iffy. And the king was like, all right death mm-hmm. like it was that that was the legal system yeah. you know so there it's not like there was like laws or anything like that around it it was just kind of up to up to ye old king he was too busy chopping off his wife's heads anyway he was too busy doing his own yeah i was about chopping. to say is, is anybody else not surprised that it's henry the nah. that like is the, where this all starts at i mean that seems like a fitting he's a fitting fucking point. psycho man Love him. Oh, crazy. Him chopping people's hands off for yeah. taking a piece of bread or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, all sorts of crazy shit. But I mean, that that back then it was like you didn't even shower. So there was everyone was it was a different time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how showering is the difference. The main difference is there's just a lot. Of, you I, that's a huge difference. Imagine just going to like the market. Everyone would smell like ass. Like imagine fucking Ugh. like. <laughs> That's why the women wore such huge petticoats. Mm. Oh. <laughs> to cover the smell. <laughs> oh, anyway. No such thing as tampons, folks. No such thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard brought it up. It's not my fault. Let's move no, on. No, yeah. sorry. I do that. Bertha wasn't around in those days. Yes. Okay, so between 1540 and 1752, there was really no legal way to obtain corpses in England, okay? Here is an interesting little historical tidbit for y'all. In 1998, 15 skeletons were found in the basement of the historical English home of Benjamin Franklin 200 years after he had left England for America. Mm -hmm. Now, as cool as it would be for Benny Franklin to be like Jack the Ripper style serial killer, it is actually believed that these skeletons were purchased illegally from body snatchers by highly respected anatomist William Hewson, who then set up his own little anatomy school in Benny's basement. Mm -hmm. So during this time, there was no shortage of executed criminals to use, but the skeletons in the basement didn't include a lot of grown men. They were, in fact, mostly women and children. Not for nothing. William Hewson contributed some very, very valuable research into human anatomy and medicine, probably using these snatched corpses. And he's not the only one. In fact, the entire field of obstetrics was built by William Hunter on the backs of illegally obtained corpses of 400 deceased pregnant women. Yeah, I don't see the problem. If they're dead, who cares? Everyone was dying. Of, yeah, everyone was dying of everything back yeah. then. So. I mean, at least he had a place to put them. I mean, most of the time, like back then, I think when you're looking at like family plots and shit, like most people didn't have a place to go. So it was just kind of like these communal graves. So yeah. I mean, at least he, he had a place to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there was a lot of plague. 
uh, there's just a lot of plague and stuff too so it doesn't have to be nefarious he could have just found like a dead kid on the side of the street and just rolled him back to his like oh shit let's get him before anyone even notices you know yeah so i it doesn't necessarily have to be a nefarious way of getting these things it's just the biggest opposition with this whole thing is you know the people who are like in power wanting to maintain power by being like you could only have four corpses but also it was a religious thing because people didn't really know you know what doing things to the body after death would affect if they got into heaven or if they went to hell or whatever right it was mostly just a religious opposition that people had we don't know so best to just leave it well enough alone Mm -hmm. i see But uh, in 1752, the Murder Act was passed, and the Murder Act was intended to deter murderers and not to progress medical study. But it was established that convicted murderers as part of their sentence could either be given to medical schools for dissection or displayed on a gibbet until their corpse disintegrated after their execution. Nice. So the hope was that most prisoners would choose to go to medical schools for dissection. But no most wanted to be put on display what do you guys if you were in that situation what do you think there's a context thing but what, what do you think you'd prefer if you were given the choice display, display <laughs> i like yeah. attention i knew you were gonna say that i knew you were gonna say that <laughs> why wouldn't you want to take a gander at it <laughs> <laughs> i'd rather my body be chopped up and used for something for good like if they could take yeah. bits out of me and check it out and be like oh that's why that does that and then it further medical that obviously that's my nurse, my nurse brain talking. I was like, I'd be <laughs> like, yeah, if my, if my lungs could prove, you know, do something and show them something that could advance medical, you know, people helping people or whatever, then absolutely. Like I'd, I'd still do that now. Like I would, if I was to die of natural causes, I would absolutely be okay with that happening. They actually have programs for that. Um, a lot of my family members in Minnesota, Uh, who like older ones who have actually recently passed away in like the past three or four years actually have all gone to the university Mm -hmm. and done that because what they'll do is essentially like once you pass away they'll bring you in they'll bring you in for medical research like I uh, my great-grandfather like towards the end like he had a little little bit of Alzheimer's kind of working there so like you know they studied his brain and everything and then they got back the body like a week later paid for the funeral the cremation everything so you actually ended up getting like probably like thirty forty thousand dollars worth like benefit from it and on top of that they actually paid him beforehand too so uh yeah there's a lot of like bigger universities yeah and uh, if I I think of the, like, who the fuck knows what happens when you die, right? So maybe you're just, like, linked to your body until it disintegrates. And maybe you have to watch all these people look at my little penis and go, wow, that's really small. (laughs) Wow, what's what's all the little lumps on his nard sack? Oh, no. And then I have to live embarrassed until I rot. And they're going to keep me from rotting because they want to keep me on display as long as possible. Wow, that guy was, like, real chunky. He must have eaten a lot of fucking burgers in his day. I don't want that. I just burn me end it you know uh, or no take all my take all my parts yeah. I'll, I'll i don't i'll gladly watch uh, a 45 year old person who needed a heart transplant live with my heart i'll watch that but i don't want to watch everyone gander at my problems like that's all they're gonna yeah. find and like look at wow this guy <laughs> had congenital heart disease he should have stopped smoking a while ago like fuck yeah. i know look at his brain he really was a psychopath <laughs> you're not there to like respond Christy, after death, uh, you know, noble acts. Richard, after death, embarrassment. Tally, after death, attention. Uh, Cole, what about you? What do, what do you think after death? 
Ooh, see, this one's a toss-up because I have no public shame, so I have no problem being putting on display. But uh, yeah, I've already I've already thought about signing up for that. Just doing it for the medical part of it, being like, yeah, do it. And then afterwards, I want something that's only legal yeah, in Maine sick. right now, and I want a Viking funeral. I want you to just put me with a bunch of shit that I like, awesome. send me off on a boat, and light that motherfucker Dude, on fire. Do they still shoot the arrow yeah. on fire? Um, I'm thinking more 21st century. Like, I mean, we can go missile launcher. <laughs> you can go just like, <laughs> oh. yeah, flamethrower. Um, yeah, one flaming arrow and a bunch of just like C4 on there. I don't know. I want to make a, a statement, you know. That's so, awesome. like, I also have an ego that needs to be filled, but it's not just going to be filled by being on display. So, it's not going to be on display. It's going to be on everyone's face when they explode. I could stuff you and put put you in one of your used cars in your car lot. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> No, don't do I it. I want to go on Gallagher. On the 2011 Ford. Mm, that'd be awesome. <laughs> okay, I'm not a used car salesman. We sell more new cars than anything. Oh, nice. I'm not one of those slime balls. You're not, so but, you're yeah. not that bad, actually. <laughs> so instead of having no integrity, I have a smidge of integrity. It's not much more, but it's like when you're cooking. The difference between a dash of sugar and no sugar is, is it's quite quite enormous. So <laughs> just saying. <laughs> this is kind of a sidetrack, sorry. But my, my wife just bought a car, okay? Uh, and tell me if you would get fired for this Cole. So my wife just bought a car and just a little car. And the guy that was selling her the car reminded me of Gil from the Simpsons. Like, you know, the guy that has like the, the, he's like, Oh, everything's coming up Gil today. So he reminded me of that. Yeah, please. I have to, I have to sell this car before my, my wife leaves me. Oh God, there she goes leaving me with the top salesman. Please God buy this car. Yeah, not even a joke. Like exactly. Cause my wife was like, I can't put my finger on a cat. Uh-huh. I was like, it's Gil from the Simpsons. She's like, Oh yeah. So we're there. I got my kids. I have two kids, a 10 year old and this uh, eight year old. And we're there and there's five people jamming in this little office. I'm like, Hey Oscar, let's just go look at some other cars. My oldest. And we'll let mom and Molly sit there, whatever. So I get back, we go look, whatever. And they're still signing papers. We get back in there. My son's horrified. I don't know why I can see it on his face. My daughter's horrified. My wife's looking down at papers and I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this room right now? So anyways, we leave my kids are like, did you see what was on Gil's screen when we got there? I'm like, no. He's like, there was <gasps> naked girls on that screen right now. So Gil was jacking off trying to sell a car before my wife got there. Just so you know. So would you get fired? Cause my wife called. Oh, hey, oh my God. Hands down. See, this is, don't I say love hands down. Don't, don't say hands down. <laughs> hands, yeah, up. No, hands, hands up. up. <laughs> hands up. Hands up. I'm still flexible with my feet. Yeah, but he could be frottering. He could still be frottering with the desk. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. So we, we had a guy get caught and he got fired oh, uh, in the, gross. in the employee restroom, but man, uh, yeah, I don't, the stories of car salesmen never cease to amaze me because it, there, there's an honest way to sell cars and uh, but apparently no one else does it it's just like you get those guys who are just sitting there just having some yes. personal time uh, right in the middle of work and i'm just like yeah no well we got the sport mats out of it so there you go <laughs> yeah, oh yeah <laughs> Fuck, i would i would have called for the oil yeah. changes man like oil changes like three of them minimum <laughs> or i'll tell your wife we got the sports mat i would have been like tint my windows too you asshole <laughs> or i'll get you fired yeah <laughs> the worst part is i worst part is i didn't even notice you know well of course you didn't i like to see oh, foreign I'm, I'm amazed you notice anything when your wife's around how could you possibly take your eyes off her she's such a specimen that's a fact Jesus. your wife was just blinding you from mm, all always yeah. always is uh not that anybody asked but i'm actually still speaking on the of fence. specimens 
speaking of specimens, I'm actually still on the fence about whether or not I want to be an organ donor. Every time I renew my license or whatever, they're like, hey, do you want to be? I'm like, I don't know. I got to think about it. And it's been like 15 years that I've been thinking about it. I'm still on the fence. Yeah. I still don't know what I want to do. So I think I would probably just be like, ooh, pressure. I you better put me on display because I still can't decide. I'm fine with everything. I just, I, I don't know why, but I feel weird about giving people my corneas. Like I like taking pieces of my eyes because I feel like eyes are like the window, like the window into a person. And for me, like taking pieces of like, take my brain, my heart, lungs, kidneys, whatever. But, but I've seen some shit. I've seen. Yeah, I just have some funny stuff. A funny thing about eyes. I just, I don't know. I don't think I could let anyone take bits of my eyes. I know a lot of people are like everything but skin and eyes you can have. Because I want to, like, I want to be able to be, like, buried or put, like, I want to have a wake or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so that's, like, also because, like, they're families. I want them to sticky tape my eyes open. <laughs> I went to school with a girl with donated eyes. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, she had 20-20 vision. She said the the weirdest thing is that she was, she had brown eyes, you know, and then. Mm-hmm. I had blue and eyes. And then she didn't afterwards. <laughs> That's so weird. weird. Yeah, so weird. she was like, as a kid, I saw myself with brown eyes as an adult. Yeah, wow. They just changed color, basically. Mm. Yeah, that would be weird. I say donate everything, but as long as I yeah. can, as long as I can be cremated and turn into a tree or like mm-hmm. grown with the soil of a tree, that's all. Uh, here's some context for everybody who wants to be on the dissection table. The execution method of hanging was sloppy at best. So sure, sometimes the neck could break, but often they were actually just strangled into unconsciousness. So if it was a particularly notorious local scoundrel, they would leave him to hang for about 30 minutes to ensure death. But mostly they would just wait for them to stop flailing, cut him down and give him to medical schools so that they could be as, as fresh as possible when they're dissected. And sometimes that meant they weren't dead. And word got around when this happened and all the convicts were like, fuck that. (laughs) So convicts were so terrified of being anatomized that before the murder act was passed uh, and they were given, like, because when it was passed, they were given a choice. Before they were given a choice, they would bribe others who were like in their criminal network, but outside of the prison to rush under the gallows and hang from their legs to ensure that they were actually dead or they would bribe their companions to highway robbery style steal their corpse on the way to the medical school fast and the furious negative one slower but still fast for the time <laughs> yeah yeah the, the slow and not at all furious did it did, did people like not really die die a lot back in those days because they used to like bury people. all the time that's what i mean they used to bury people like their fingers tied to like a bell so if they came back alive you could hear the bell ringing on their fucking graves like how often did this shit happen god damn it just kill them medical science was inaccurate hence the need for corpses yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> and ex- executioners were like really bad at chopping heads off like sometimes they'd miss and they'd chop half a person's face off and then they'd have to keep you know all the axe would be blunt and they'd have to do it like three or four times and on the french revolution the guillotine was incredible i cannot stress how awesome the guillotine is yeah 
a famous person asked to be face up so they could watch the blade come down. It was one it like it wasn't it wasn't Mary Queen of Scots or anything like that, but it was one of uh, someone famous who was going to the guillotine was like, you need to, I want to watch this happen. So I'm laying on my back. What a badass. Towards the end of it, you take the choices you can control, man. That's true. That's true. Just one last act of defiance. Oh, you want me on my stomach? Fuck you. I'll watch this happen, you son of a bitch. (laughs) I'm going to laugh too. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to laugh as it comes down. (laughs) I imagine it was a lot of like nervous laughter. I bet a lot of people like stood up on the gallows and just cackled uncontrollably and people were like, which... Uh, it was like it was like the ta- like the outdoor movie theater back then yeah mm-hmm. like hey what do you want to do tonight i don't know do we like go to that new italian place you know what no i heard there's a public execution going on so oh john you know i've wanted to go to one of those for weeks <laughs> we can catch a hot dog while we're there it'll be great get ourselves a, a mutton leg and some mead do you think this is too much black like i want to be like death but not like too much death yeah, people would take their kids and everything. Like, they'd take their kids and... Oh, it's a life lesson. The whole point of the public executions was to set an example to deter further criminals. Not that it worked, obviously, but that was the point, right? It was a it was a moral lesson. It was practically an after-school special. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Rogers in the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was actually like slowing down for a deadly car crash. What did you learn? Slow down at deadly car crashes. Don't steal bread to feed your starving family. Just die like a man, mommy. Okay, so 100 years before the medical school boom, uh, and the medical school boom is, of course, tons of medical schools are popping up all over the country, all at the same time. People were being executed for just about everything. But in the 19th century, things were far more civilized, unfortunately, and less than 100 people per year were being executed, and most of them were choosing that that gibbet life. So there were not enough corpses. So desperately in need for cadavers for the students, medical school professors and administrators would acquire some corpses. Medical schools have always been outrageously expensive, and therefore outrageously lucrative the in class the enrollment classes were getting smaller and the students were having more options and people are going to pay a lot more for school with actual cadavers so the most common method that anatomists would use to go and collect bodies for their classes was they would keep an eye on the local cemetery and they would wait for a body to be buried at which time they would dig it up and they would make off with the corpse So the practice of body snatching was often referred to as resurrections, and the anatomists in the industry were called resurrectionists, ghouls, night doctors, or sack-em-up men. The rest of them sound cool, but sack-em-up men? Sack-em, because they put them in sacks. Oh, I thought you said sack-em-up men. I was like, what is that? Sack-em-up men. They're like the bring out your dead, clunk. Yeah, yeah, but the sack-em... Sack them up, men, sounds like what they would call them in Australia. Just right to the point, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. No creativity in there. Yeah, car park or walkway or whatever the fuck they use. Footpath. Footpath, that's the one, yeah. <laughs> we have sidewalks. Crawling back to episode one there. Uh, footpath. <laughs> footpath. Uh, so the interesting thing is that most body snatchers were actually not grave robbers. 
everything within the grave that was not the body itself would be returned to the coffin. Stealing a body was a misdemeanor. It was very rarely prosecuted. Stealing possessions, that was a felony. And that could land them on a boat to Australia. Aha! Is that why the executions are down so much? They're just shipping everyone to Australia now? Yeah, that's their that's their more civilized way of handling things. Is that's one of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like it's like, hey, instead of uh, instead of killing you outright, we're gonna send you to this land where like all the fucking batshit crazy animals are that are just way bigger than everybody. Um, have fun with that. Yeah. So survive. <laughs> yeah, I, it just makes me think of Escape from LA, like that old school Kurt Russell movie. Like, just imagine a Kurt Russell guy being standing on the beach, just like, come on in, boys, we're gonna take it over again. Eye patch and all. Yeah. So, like, Australia wasn't inhabited at all before that? It was uh, a convict island. That was its entire purpose, but there was aboriginals. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Still are. We have Which... one here today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> She's 1,800 years old, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she looks great. She doesn't look a yes. day over 1,500. <laughs> yeah. So, resurrectionists typically frequented county cemeteries. They were essentially mass graves that were shoddily dug and poorly maintained for unclaimed bodies. So the thefts were very easy to cover up on these grounds, and as such, fresh corpses became very scarce, and the snatchers had to become bolder. Uh, In the more risky grave sites, if the snatcher was caught or someone discovered that a grave had been disturbed, guards would be posted and the supply there would be cut off. And on top of that, the families and loved ones of these victims knew of this practice. So the families that had the means to do so would monitor the grave for up to 10 days in order for it to decompose enough that it was worthless to the medical schools. They would also hire police to patrol the grave sites, but of course police can be bribed or get very drunk on the job. Uh, And during this time, many fancy newfangled grave protection devices were springing up in the market. People were paying for iron shelters to be built over graves. They were having spring guns installed inside the oh, coffins. God. Just getting shot in the face trying to steal a fucking corpse and just falling on top of the corpse. Uh, yeah, and your buddies are like, no, we got two, boys. Off we go. <laughs> <laughs> we got a fresh one. That's, they, you know, not to be racist. This isn't racist. This is actually accurate. This is why they made the black guy go first. Oh, my God. So, one corpse split three ways or two corpses split two ways is probably like hmm. probably got less for the black guy for him to be honest that's really sad no fresh is best no the going rate for corpses was always a flat rate really Mm -hmm. the one time i haven't heard of these old-timey assholes being racist i like it they were pretty racist though the university is literally hired slaves to do their body snatching for them Match oh fuck man the worst the worst life ah the white man yeah worst fucking life so much shenanigans this was not easy to stealing a body was very very laborious to do uh, yeah and like depending on how fresh the body was I bet it was like quite dense it was like fresh yeah like imagine carrying dead weight (laughs) it is carrying literally dead weight and lifting it out of the ground in the first place (laughs) make sure that you dig like little divots in the sidewall so you can stick your feet in (laughs) uh yeah spring guns um bodies were also being strapped down inside the coffin with iron grips so that the corpse couldn't be removed from the regular coffin 
which was cheaper down. than getting an iron coffin. <laughs> uh, but most people couldn't afford these. So they never really got off the ground. But uh, the cemeteries decided, you know what? We're going to up our customer service. We're going to build little stone huts. And the bodies would be kept in these little stone huts until such a time as they were badly enough decomposed that the medical schools wouldn't take them. And then they would be buried. Oh, I love that you said customer service. Yeah, so it's just like, <laughs> it's like, it's like going to Costco and getting the free sample. You just go to the graveyard and grab a corpse and fuck off, go home. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so weird. Did they have a like a curator, like a guy like, Oh, what are you looking for? Tall guy, short guy, girl, man. I'm sure the gravekeepers were all getting paid very well at this time yeah. by the snatchers to show them where the best corpses uh, were. I see. Um, because like, yeah, like I mean anatomists, they wanted like female and child corpses because they were hard to come by. They could learn a lot <laughs> more from them. But uh, some other methods to avoid pesky families altogether, uh, they would hire women to play the distraught wife of men who died in poorhouses so that the woman could claim the body and then give it to the body snatchers. Uh, another method was to bribe servants to allow snatchers access to a home before the master was going to be buried on the estate so that they could replace the body with weights inside the coffin. This is very elaborate business. You know, this is a lot of work. Like, why don't you just pick up a trade, learn how to be a baker or a, a blacksmith or a train a horse? You know, you, I feel like the same amount of effort put into those things would, would, would fruit be just as fruitful as like robbing a fucking grave. Like, I feel like that's a lot of work. No, but it's a night job though. Medical schools, the amount of income that medical schools made, holy crap. But yeah. body snatchers after like the doctors were no longer collecting their own bodies. They were making about, the flat rate was about 200 bucks a pop. And that's modern, 200 bucks a pop. So you're making, if you get one body a night, which you could easily get more if you've got a group of people, you're making 200 bucks a day. Why stop? Why fix what ain't broke? You're not broke. Weichman. Yeah. Much like drug dealers. <laughs> it very, actually a lot like drug dealers. They are trafficking illegal substances. Mm-hmm. Touche. I mean, fair. Exactly. That my that was my idea. Took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> what did he say? I didn't hear him. <laughs> Me either. Uh, you're destroying that thing into pieces. Yeah. Is what he true, said. true. That is what they are trying to do with these corpses, yes. Bribing gravekeepers and guards to get cadavers was not cheap for the medical schools. And then the labor to obtain these bodies was also exhausting. So some schools started adopting a policy of forcing students to provide their own corpses for dissection, or they had to pay a large fine for failing to provide the necessary tools for their education. What the hell? That's like saying you can't go to school if you don't have an iPad or a laptop. (laughs) We could have given that spot to somebody who did bring their own corpse, young man. So you buy your own books, call it. Alexander, where is your body at? Looked it at home, really, on a hot summer day like this, F. Excuse me, excuse me, William. Who do you think you are turning up to anatomy class without a dead body? Yeah, imagine getting in ship for not having a dead body. Like, I wonder if the murder rates went up. Yeah. Let's find out. Okay. Um, but not yet. Oh. <laughs> 
we're gonna start with another fun history tidbit yay Yay! bells and whistles this one is that was beautiful this one is stateside (laughs) In 1796, a band of body snatching medical students that called themselves the Spunker Club. I don't oh, know why. Oh my God. No. Too easy. I'm not doing it. It's too easy and I'm not doing it. You could have just you could have just said nothing. You could have just let me move on. You not doing it is you doing it. Do it. You figured out it's, what I was doing. It's done. It's done. <laughs> the Spunker Club, sir. Not to be confused with splunking. Oh, spelunking. Yes. <laughs> broke ground to retrieve themselves a fresh cadaver to be dissected at Harvard Medical School. And among these fresh-faced doctors of tomorrow was none other than the sons of Paul Revere and Samuel Adams. Oh, I like that beer. All the history buffs out there are so wrecked right now. You guys are boring. So moving along, in the United States, the hotspots for a career in resurrection were Philadelphia, home of the first American medical school, the University of Pennsylvania, and Baltimore and New York. Each of these cities had a well-established trafficking system in place by the early 1800s. But in America, the practice of body snatching was heavily opposed by the people. Physicians were compared to demons, and the founders of medical schools had their homes burned down and their lives threatened, like on the regular. Uh, But... In 1788, things came to a bit of a head for two of these major cities and back in England. In New York, medical students of the New York hospital were screwing around, you know, boys being boys, by dangling severed body parts out the window at a group of children walking by. (laughs) So one of those boys had actually recently lost his mother. And so he went home and told his father, who gathered a mob that destroyed many parts of the college and attempted to lynch the professors who worked there. (laughs) Uh, But the state cavalry was called in and they did open fire on the mob. And as a result of this incident, the state passed the Anatomy Act of 1789, which stated that all unclaimed bodies of executed criminals would go to medical schools, no questions asked. But as we learned across the pond, that did not provide enough bodies. Over in Baltimore in 1788, a wealthy socialite discovered her niece's corpse had been made off with when she went to the cemetery and a crucifix that had been buried with her niece was found laying on the ground nearby. As a result of her pain in the assery, four men were indicted for grave robbing for the first time. And this continued. Many body snatchers were pulled out of the game at this point and even more just straight up left. And so once again, the doctors at the school's were forced to take over themselves as opposed to having their slaves do it. And then they too would be apprehended and prosecuted, leading to a massive collapse in medical schools in Baltimore for a time. We will come back to that later. In England in 1788, a highly controversial court case was making history. A South London doctor had taken a body from a cemetery while hanging out with his good buddy, the gravekeeper. And he assumed that he would be safe because of the laws regarding body snatching versus grave robbing however the judge mistakenly said that there was a precedent where a group of men were prosecuted for stealing bodies in fact the men were actually prosecuted for stealing lead from the coffins but the doctor was sentenced based on this mistaken precedent which officially made precedent for all future cases of body snatching so the medical schools were naturally up in arms over this and they were forced to stop the practice and medical science suffered But during this time, 
the medical schools started getting some marketing visits from the local entrepreneurs who had procured fresh corpses, never mind how, and suddenly the schools were back in business. It's not technically stealing. Murder. Not murder either. I mean, we don't know. Not in this case. This was just more, this was more grave robbing, except they don't actually have their hands in the dirt this time. So it's not technically stealing, it's buying. And thus, the medical schools began recruiting the seedy and the downtrodden, most often low-level employees of the universities, such as custodians, into corpse trafficking. So uh, they made very comfortable incomes for over half a century. As I said, the going rate for a corpse was about, it was about $10, which is equivalent to roughly $200 per corpse. So these low-level people were making good money, particularly in places where the grounds didn't freeze. One such entrepreneur in London was named Ben Crouch, and he was known locally as the Corpse King. So he held the market on body snatching with his merry band of thugs, and his followers would often threaten, beat up, or steal from other gangs. Sorry, it's just so random. I'm just thinking of like a corpse mafia. I kind of like it. It's just uh, like a, a organization of men just stealing corpses. That sounds awesome. <laughs> it's so it's so foreign now, right? It's so foreign to our the way we live now that it's such a like I know it was normal back then, but now it'd be so weird to have that guy. Like I'm Giuseppe. Yeah, I, I mean, corpses. in a way, we kind of still do have that guy because there's somebody out there taking live people. And drugging them and putting them into human trafficking. There's just no longer death trafficking. Yeah, that's true. A lot more lively now. I'm sure that was around back then too, right? But I mean like that, hopefully in a hundred years. Slavery was human trafficking. Now we just got to do it on the dark web. Well, it's like prohibition, right? When prohibition was big and it wasn't even big for that long. It was, people were literally dying from opposing gangs bringing in liquor. So... Mm. This is kind of just what people do in hard times. They form and liquor never left. It was always there, you know. Well, they they assume that like during prohibition that uh, like certain areas of the country actually drank more because of it, because you'd have like all these saloons and speakeasies and areas that like just did not even enforce the law. So it was like crazy the amount of alcohol that was coming through and actually killing people just because like they'd they'd cut it, you know, just like any other drug in the trade, they'd start cutting it with, you know, different uh, cheaper chemicals, like, you know, rubbing alcohol and shit like that. And it was yeah, crazy. My dad works for a beer company out here. And so we wa- like nerded out on prohibition documentaries before and it's nuts. I bet. It's cool. Yeah. Gatsby fan over here. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. Woo. Alcohol. Woo. Alcohol and bodies. I'm just thinking about the, the prohibition we have now that's going away. It's, it's going to be looked at the same way, right? Like exactly. Weeds weeds becoming legal not if you're this state and you have a governor like us yeah well all the marijuana dealers are moving into heavier drugs now and now more people are dying because of it but yeah you know hey, Woo, heroin. um yeah heroin fentanyl <laughs> fentanyl. <laughs> fentanyl meth um mostly meth anyway all bad things so crouch and his merry band of thugs so if another gang had a hold on a cemetery crouch would go with his guys and they would dig up all the graves in the cemetery (laughs) so that it would be heavily guarded and no longer available to the gang that had a hold on it so uh as a result crouch was able to charge an outrageous amount of money per corpse so at this point all of the anatomists in london all got together and they said we all agree we're not going to pay more than x amount per corpse i think it was three guineas we're not going to pay more than this 
you know, uh, if no one's buying, they can't sell and they'll have to lower their prices. But of course, the more successful of schools would be paying more behind the backs of their fellow doctors and then would make even more money because of enrollment, Mm -hmm. leading to another monopoly. Uh, So, yeah, very cutthroat business. Three guineas sounds like the people saving the uh, corpses, but did I say that (laughs) aloud? It sounds like one of the gangs. Like, I mean, you know, just, oh, we're the three guineas. What are you guys doing? Oh, we bought a snatch. British money makes no sense. Why are there so many denominations? I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> it really is. I didn't even know. It's obscene. Huh. Um, so during the periods when corpses were in short supply, the snatchers in London would start importing corpses in barrels from across the sea, usually from Ireland. And typically they would be coming in with items that were pickled. Uh, so this actually led to a new method of corpse transport locally by getting whiskey by the barrel from local distillers, digging up mm. a corpse, and then delivering the barrel of whiskey with the pickled corpse in it to the medical schools. What a waste of whiskey. That's where the toe. <laughs> That's where the toe was originated. Someone was like, this whiskey tastes good. Uh, the medical school would take the corpse and then return the whiskey to the snatchers. Sometimes the barrel would be reused to transport another corpse, but sometimes it would actually be sold as cheap rot gut whiskey. Oh, oh no. <clears throat> oh, I am extremely questioning all the alcohol that's ever given me gut rot now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stick to my white wine, people. I mean, it's just an evolution of like the worm and the tequila, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't eat the person after to get high. Oh. You dissect the person after to get high on knowledge. <laughs> what about cannibalism? Didn't they have photography? Like, didn't they have photography at this point? Couldn't they just take pictures of corpses, like, uh, mid-dissection and, like, have that as reference instead of new corpses every two minutes? Well, what they used to do, I mean, this is over a period of, like, hundreds of years, so this isn't, like, every two minutes, but, like, because they would typically get enough that per six students, there would be one corpse. That was typically the amount of corpses that were being brought in. Um, But there was a lot of medical schools because they were super lucrative. What they used to do is they would actually dissect a corpse in the middle of like an amphitheater and all the students Mm. would be like teared up watching it happen live. Yeah. Um, But that, you know, you don't really learn a ton. Yeah, gotta be hands-on, man. Gotta get your hands in there. Gotta get dirty. There There was lots of other ways, but- Okay. This is what they did instead because we're human beings and this is kind of just how we handle things. Yep. Um, so the practice of uh, using whiskey barrels was also adopted stateside at some point too. So uh, the business actually expanded even further when Snatchers realized that the medical schools didn't need teeth. In fact, medical oh. schools preferred corpses with all means of recognition removed so that in case of a raid, a missing corpse couldn't be identified. So teeth would then be sold to dentists to make dentures. Double and dip, double dipping. Now they're not, now they're diversifying. This is what I call innovation. You know. That's right. Hey, you know what? Another revenue stream was opened up when they learned that they could actually dig up old graves too, and they could then string together the bones into a correct skeleton and then sell that skeleton for study or novelty. Yeah. I love Mr. Bones. It's like puzzles. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Marketing is you build your own. They built it first. <laughs> I mean, every biology class we ever went to had a, you know, 
plastic skeleton, but there was an origin to that. And it was always Mr. Bones. It's exactly what it was. Yep. yep. They have those though yep. now, right? They have them in malls to build the corpses. Or is that build a bear? Fuck. Okay. <laughs> build an alien, build a corpse. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, build a corpse workshop. I love these cameos; they're fun. <laughs> Brings me back. Um. Okay, so we're gonna leave London alone for a bit. Back in America, body snatching, Marnica, body snatching was rising in popularity around 1820. We're such copycats. God, we can't have an original idea ever. Aren't you guys still using paper money? And we're like still using the imperial system. <laughs> <laughs> let's not talk about that. <laughs> She's no. Let's let's the American Senate. Yeah, and uh, it's it's going to be coming back round. It will be. It's fine. Be prepared. This is fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So the American equivalent of Ben Crouch was George Christian. He lived in Washington D.C. and he made his fortune by shipping bodies from the military museum all over the country for study. And that's really all there is. Uh, he is the equivalent, but he was very boring and just like, honestly, a better businessman. Um, so most of the colleges would buy slaves to do their grave robbing for them. And therefore there was far less gang wars and things like that. But one of the ways that medical schools capitalized on the body snatching was they would attempt to claim the most interesting corpses so that they could be put on display in their medical museums. So they're not copycats. They're doing their own cool stuff innovation always the, the american way let's take what somebody else has done and then make it american you know and then capitalism fuck yeah america fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> things did heat up a little bit in 1827 when a medical student was charged with being in possession of a stolen corpse uh this set precedent so that the medical schools could petition the government to have government provided bodies in order to guarantee that the corpses they received weren't stolen uh this went nowhere but prosecution for the crime did start skyrocketing of course uh so yeah 1820 is just trouble all over for body snatchers the gang wars in england are a problem the legal hammer is being lowered in america but schools were able to recover for a while by paying families for corpses before they were buried so now they've purchased the corpses legally from the technical owners of the corpses. Another little legal loophole. But this was problematic because people started collecting friends and repurposing them into corpses in order to be paid for their corpse. Um, in fact, two notorious serial killers, William Burke and William Hare, decided to make a career out of the DIY cadaver scheme. The two Irishmen met in Scotland at a lodging house which Hare owned uh one of the tenants died with a balance owing of four pounds in rent so burke told Hare he could make that rent money back by selling the tenant's body to a medical school uh in fact they actually made a profit of about six pounds thick no that's taking a bad situation and that's flipping it and making it better you know that's how most people two pounds better uh wait no six, six. Yeah six they got paid 10 pounds oh okay okay my bad <laughs> <laughs> All good. their profit was six pounds yes. I, I i'm american <laughs> i was still trying to figure out the guinea to pound ratio over here i'm like doing math I'm like, okay figure and carry the one <laughs> and then divide and then i forgot and then i remembered i was terrible at math in school so i was like okay fuck it i guess there's already been some inflation either way it's because this is like six pounds is about the equivalent of five hundred dollars so yeah, that's nuts. 
yeah so the 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 rates going up right um but shortly after they did this another tenant fell ill because this was the 1800s and everyone was sick all the fucking time no showering yeah they decided that they would speed up the process of death in fact they sped it up by probably a decade or more because he wasn't actually that sick and they hid their tracks by getting the victims blackout drunk and then holding them down and plugging their noses and covering their mouths so they didn't leave any sign of murder but they ran out of sick tenants and they eventually moved on to street people. Uh, sometimes they would actually um, use uh, Hare's wife. She would lure them in. And they were eventually caught when one of the lodgers who hadn't been killed returned to get something that she'd left behind and found a body in the house. So uh, the police didn't have a strong case. So they offered Hare full immunity from punishment if he would rat out Burke. Mm. Hare did. He, he ratted out Burke. And he also ratted out Burke's mistress uh, because he actually had wanted to kill her a long time ago for corpse money. And Burke said no. And he was pretty upset about it. Um, but Burke cleared the mistress and said she had nothing to do with it. And he went to swing in all by his lonesome. Fortunately, he did not die right away. He flailed for a while. He was then publicly dissected for science and his pelt hangs in the Edinburgh Medical College Museum. Uh, the term burking was also introduced to the dictionary at this time, which means to kill someone in order to sell their corpse. Cool. Can we go see his, th- his, his skin? Like, is it yeah. all this? Like, that's cool. I want to go see that. I, I don't yeah. know why this interests me so much. You want to go to Scotland? Is it in Scotland? Yes, it's in Scotland. Aha! Finally got geography right. <laughs> ha! Bravo. Thank you, Baz Henderson. Bravo. Was this the intention of uh, skinning him? Was to put it on display or did somebody like wear that for 50 years before they're like, let's hang that up in the museum? No, that that was just, they dissected him and then hung his <laughs> They just buffalo bobbed him real fast, <laughs> you know, just, just hung out, used the skin. No. Okay. Would you burke me? I'd burke me. I'd burke me hard. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, in total, Burke and Hare killed and sold 16 people. Uh, over in London, John Bishop, James May, and John Head were another group of Burkers who were drowning their victims to be sold. Uh, they actually only managed to kill three people because they actually hit somebody on the back of the head with a hammer before they sold the corpse, which is kind of obvious. Yeah. Do, do you think, like, uh, from Burke and Hare or these guys, do you think that the doctors would have just, like, kind of yeah don't hit them in the head next time because i'll have to tell like do you think they give them one free pass on the murder and then they go like otherwise we're, we're done we're, we're done this deal strike two not this doctor this doctor turned them in as soon as he saw the gigantic like hole in the back of this dude's neck so yeah but uh this wow. set of murders caused such outrage in london that two people actually died in the resulting protest so this made it a big deal. This led to the Anatomy Act of 1832, which do we was know, passed. Do we know if these two bodies ended up at the medical school? The ones that died in the protest? The first? Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> the irony. No. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, the Anatomy Act of 1832 was passed as a result of this. And this allowed medical schools in Europe to receive, well, in London first, and then it was adopted everywhere else to receive all of the unclaimed bodies from workhouses, prisons, or asylums. And this led to a complete cease of body snatching seemingly overnight. In fact, the last known instance of body snatching was the night before this act was passed. 
uh, that side of the pond. In America, reform did not come for 40 years. We're brilliant, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. Um, so the American reform came from two major incidents. The first was in 1876, dry goods tycoon Alexander Turney was stolen from his grave and his family received a ransom demand for the return of his corpse. Uh, despite investigation by police, the thieves were never caught and they were actually given around 20,000 or exactly $20,000, which is around $500,000 today for the return of the body. Uh, there is no way to guarantee that this body was even Alexander's body, but because oh, they took all of his teeth. Uh, well, I think he was just very decomposed. <laughs> yeah, I was just bringing back facts. <laughs> facts, facts, science, science. I don't know if Americans ever figured out to sell the teeth to dentists. They were not very bright. Again, not the brightest bulb in the tanning bed. <laughs> it was the medical schools that were innovating, not the body snatchers. Yeah. I was saying, I'd like to think that we did at least an entrepreneurial aspect, like probably try to sell, you know, like maybe too much. Like, hey, here's a toe. What's this for? Whiskey. A shot of whiskey. There you go. Shot of whiskey <laughs> in a bar. In a bar in Canada. <laughs> or Ireland or mm. wherever the hell else we said. We haven't figured out which bar it's it is It's in the yet. Yukon. It's in the Yukon. <laughs> Someone's going to tell us. Oh, Richard is. sent us the article. It's in the Yukon. <sighs> oh, apparently it's in Ireland. <laughs> Kent needs a refresher. The bandits. Bandits with the toe. The toe. Okay, so <laughs> the second major incident that led to reform was John Scott Harrison, father of President Benjamin Harrison, died in 1878. He was buried in an iron uh, coffin and surrounded by marble slabs in order to protect him from resurrectionists. Uh, while the family was at the funeral, they noticed that one of the other graves in the cemetery had recently been disturbed, and this grave belonged to a friend of the family. So they paid a visit to the local medical school to see if they were in possession of the body. Instead, they found John Scott Harrison hanging nude from a rope, who just days earlier they believed was resting peacefully in an impenetrable fortress. Little did they know that they could rust out iron and chip away marble. Little did they know. He's just hanging there. Like they was just had him hanging up. Oh yeah. Uh, well, he was being stored for later dissection. Oh my god. What else would you do with the deceased? They take up less room standing up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's easier to hang him like on a coat hanger. Yeah. Who <laughs> are we dissecting today? Ah. <laughs> Ew. Just picking it like an outfit. Just no, no. No, yep. no. Uh, you know what? This is the one right here. Sliding <laughs> mm-hmm. them on the hangers. Maybe. I don't know. All I know is that he was naked and hanging up. Wow. Yeah. So this, you know, quote unquote political attack, not exactly a political attack, but it did the job, uh, led to a change in legislature that heavily penalized body snatching and allowed for a new source of cadavers for the medical schools. The, this improved the situation, but there was still a shortage of corpses, and some states didn't have the same severity of laws about body snatching. So there was a small group of people still buying and selling corpses up until at least 1905, uh, but it did stop relatively early in the 20th century. So in 1989, a team of archaeologists dug out the basement of the Medical College of Georgia and found between 200 and 400 discarded skeletons. 
the Medical College of Georgia actually obtained all of their cadavers via one slave they hired in 1836 named Grandison Harris. Dude was good at his fucking job. Yeah. Legend. (laughs) Um, However, uh, this is a little bit sad. Um, Most of the bodies were other African-Americans. We're assholes. We're dumb and we're assholes. Okay. Do you think residential schools in Canada were residential medical schools? Is that why they found uh, 215 dead children too soon? Uh, yeah, I don't. Ooh, that one's fresh. That one's that fresh. fresh. So fresh, someone might steal it. <laughs> Sorry. God damn it. Okay, I don't need to cry again. This discovery was essential in establishing the history of medicine in the United States. In the basement, they found remedies, signs of techniques, and different tools that could be determined uh, from the bodies. And they just got a lot of just really good information from this. And furthermore, everyone alive today has benefited from the practice of body snatching in some way or another. And so here we come, ladies and gentlemen, to the point. Body snatching was perhaps a necessary evil for the progress of science, but was it necessary to have so many? Is it possible that the reason medical schools were booming was just because there was a lot of people who wanted to play with dead bodies? It's not like there were really any entrance requirements. You could just sort of wake up one day and be like, I'm going to be a doctor and off you go to play with bodies. I think it was the monetary purposes. I got to say it has a lot to do with class, right? Uh, because it wasn't like the guy off the street, the surf or whatever you would call the lowly people compared to like the Kings and stuff that were jumping into medical school. It was all these like aristocratic young men, maybe women, I don't know, but just trying to like become Mm -hmm. doctors at the expense of, uh, these young people. And they made a bunch of laws and stuff so people wouldn't die, but like they, they must have known like these got here nefariously in a lot of ways right like i i i yeah i feel like that's the ethic part for me it's not the the advancement and stuff like yeah that's cool but like so did I, i've said this before the there was lots of medical advancements with the nazis too uh does it make it okay mm-hmm. that they did it i don't think so but if there's benefits to shitty situations right so I, just the class part makes me want to go like fuck this but that is a perspective i never would have thought is the social class aspect never thought it you know maybe the more of like well, the poor poor population and stuff like that too but I don't a lot know. of the corpses of people who are wealthy were ending up there too sure and they were already dead it's just whichever grave was in the darkest corner of the twilight zone <laughs> It is maybe a class thing to a degree, but I think in this particular part of history, I think there was really only one thing at the center of any of it, and that was money. That was the only factor. Class wasn't playing a factor. Racism wasn't playing a factor. It was just how to get the most money as fast as possible. For sure. But I mean, like, there wasn't like the aristocratic people were up digging out graves and picking out the... Yes, they were. The, the the rich guy that doesn't need the 10 pounds was digging up a grave i don't yes maybe the people who ran the medical schools were the ones obtaining corpses for about a hundred years first okay okay so the yes I, I guess you said that a bunch of times where they sent their slaves that makes sense okay so it's a lot of money involved here hmm 
I don't know what to say about this. I, 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 I'm on board for part of it, but I'm not on board for other because it's icky. I will say as a dead person, I mean, <laughs> if I were a dead person, <laughs> if I were a dead person, I'd be like, I really don't care what you do with my body. However, I do care if the money goes to my family or elsewhere. So that's why my family knows that if I die before my time or whatever the fuck I'm trying to say, um, they know that to donate whatever they can, but I'm not on my license, an organ donor. My husband, my mother, my father, my sister, my brother-in-law and my brother, they all know in the event. Um, Because uh, I do know a lot of young people who have died in car accidents here and well, ice, icy roads is to blame. Um, but never since like beyond the year of 1995, have I heard of someone like denying donation? Well, the, the problem is, you know, um, these corpses, they did lead to a lot of progress in medicine and a lot of like the lawmakers and stuff really had this sort of, um, idea that it was just this necessary evil. And that's why, that's why they never really pushed to make body snatching illegal um, until, you know, they had their nards in a grip, which I guess that is cl- that is a class thing. It was usually like the families of wealthy people that made these things happen. Well, it's just like with the witch trials. The witch trials only ended when the, the governor's wife was called to be a witch. Right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden things change. All of a sudden this rich this rich guy's family discovered that his body was in a medical school. So they were like, we need to shut this down yeah that's how that's how like usually things it seems like turns out because i was going to say that when richard was talking about the whole class issue it kind of seemed like it was more of a shit got done when all of a sudden it happened to rich people because no one's noticing you know when someone dies in like a homeless shelter on the side of the street and the body gets snatched out of there but you know all of a sudden when a rich guy's funeral happens and they go to the university and oh my god there's grandpa you know it's like that's when the change actually happened in history as opposed to like you know, the hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of, you know, cases that happened before. It was pretty casual until, you know, someone of importance got involved. Yeah. And the the person of importance may have advanced medicine too. So that's not really the excuse, right? Like we're trying to advance medicine. It's just like, yeah, it is, but at the expense of poor people, not at the expense of my grandpa, he gets to live with his jewels. Uh, yeah, but you also have to consider there has to be something to light the fire under the lawmakers' asses in order for this to pass, right? Nobody wants to be the guy that the, that makes this bold decision and gets shit on for yeah. it, right? It's They were just kind of sticking to the status quo until now suddenly they have the support that they need to pass this law that they probably were like, we need this law anyway. What is the point of having all of these corpses buried later? Why don't we just give them right off the bat to the medical school? They're doing good shit, blah, 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 blah. So like ethically, at what point are the lawmakers morally responsible to just go ahead and change this law of their own volition? You know what I mean? As long as you can capitalize on it, we'll take it. Yeah. America, it's always about money. It's like, when did, uh, when did weed start getting a big push when people realized that they could grow it a lot cheaper and a lot faster and, you know, money started getting involved in Colorado and like here in South Dakota, we just had uh, the election go through and obviously that's being disputed, but a lot of the support like monetarily was going towards legalization because a lot of these millionaires from Colorado are coming up and throwing money into it. It's, you know, it sounds like it's kind of like the same thing in a lot of different issues. It's when you get the actual push behind it to go with the good action of making, you know, that law. It's just. 
I don't know. I don't have any problem with it. I think like it sucks that there were some people that were killed for this, but I mean, statistically, it's such like a small blip of people. I think that were actually being outright killed for these things compared to all the progress that was done. Most of these people were already dead. I personally subscribe to the belief that just being dead is exactly like not being born yet. It's nothing. It's, you know, it doesn't matter what happens to your corpse after you die or anything like that yeah. it's it's just the monetary side that makes it weird right like if you weren't offering if it was all voluntary like it is now it would be less because they could have just as easily not found anything that's that groundbreaking to help out science or whatever and they still would have done it they still would have tried you know what i mean it's just we're looking at this from hindsight like of course they did a lot of cool things but at the time it was like new and they're looking at corpses and maybe they'll find something i don't know but they're still doing it because uh johnny died at the bar you know yeah yeah and there's still such thing as the black market so it's not like completely disappeared yeah i wonder if you could get a corpse on the black market probably eh? you can get a kidney for sure if you're a billionaire yeah well you can get a kidney legally if you're a billionaire just pay off the hospital yeah <laughs> It's all down the lists now. Yeah. Everyone's just on a list. If you need yeah. it, you might get it. And if not, someone didn't die soon enough for you. Yeah. Oh, uh, before, I don't want to be called out. Um, body snatching did occur in Canada. I'm not saying, oh. <laughs> I'm not pretending that we're innocent in this. I'm not attacking the Americans. Okay. It did happen, particularly mm. in and around Montreal. Uh, and we were actually among like probably the biggest assholes in body snatching because the first secondary source that we offered up was immigrants, which yeah. is just rude. Oof. Um, How rude. So, well, at least it wasn't the indigenous this time. So that's something. Well, somebody had to be the first. Oh God. Stupid fucking mm-hmm. grave robbing. Didn't H.H. Holmes steal corpses too? Isn't that how yeah he stole a bunch of bodies for to sell skeletons because when you oh yeah well he'd sell them he'd sell them to the university like he posed as a doctor in chicago um and i believe he'd actually like sell the skeletons like he'd you know strip them of the flesh and everything or just sell them as whole cadavers and it's big oh yeah this person uh just died in my hotel at 23 years old they certainly didn't get suffocated or anything like that and yeah we'll just offload to the university the university's like yeah we don't see anything here yeah hh holmes was he's an interesting cat Mm-hmm. And the murder hotel, the murder hotel with him is like just the tip of the iceberg. Like he went on a fucking cross country tour after that. He's nuts. Isn't that the first serial killer that had like their brain examined? Or no? Hey, maybe he started. I don't know if that's true, but if it is true, maybe his body uh, added to science too. Maybe that's pretty interesting. That I, I know he had a traumatic brain injury at some point in his life. Yeah, that's usually a lot of serial killers, though, right? Like a lot of head head trauma. So I, I wonder what specific things, and maybe Celeste can tell me, like things that are like to this day learned from these grave robbers for me to go like, I'm totally cool with it. Like, is there something that we know that right now that still helps to this day? Or is it just like, they just say in the articles or whatever that a lot of medical advancements, or do they go into any specifics at all? As I said, the biggest benefit yeah. to this day was the field of obstetrics. This saved a lot of babies from dying on the way out this saved a lot of mothers from dying with their babies on the way out this was huge that's a big one as far as and i mean that's probably for me the biggest thing where i'm like you know 
if it weren't for perhaps like the knowledge in the field of obstetrics, my ancestor would have, you know, their baby would have died. I never would have been born. It's, it's, um, I got no issues with it. I got none. I I mean, I got issues. I got issues contextually with like the entire country and they're, they're like the way that they utilize like slaves and stuff like that. But I don't have any issue with people like being able to sell the bodies of loved ones for science it's the money part right because for me it just that starts to make it like stuff have more or less value and then you start to like murder people like you know what i mean like that's where the problem becomes if you start just like voluntarily or make it a requirement we don't need our fucking bodies unless you want to unless you're religious we're just taking up space in the ground we're running out of space yeah the problem once again as with like everything it seems is if it was just regulated in the first place we wouldn't have this problem making shit illegal is the problem yeah that no i agree i don't need a i don't need a headstone those are too expensive i don't need to take up any space on this earth after i'm gone none no for i sure. just need to be a tree <laughs> i don't need to be a tree i don't need to be anything seriously nothing i'm with you i want to give back it's you know i'm still on the fence about donating but that's just because you yeah. know if i die young and i still have family and i want them to decide what to do with me but <laughs> they're the ones who are i mean you don't have any say afterwards what do you mean <laughs> like if i'm an organ an organ donor then yeah they have, still the have no right. say yeah i know but my family has no say too if i'm an organ donor i want them to decide what to do with me after i die yeah same same well, and I also am extremely paranoid, so I'm afraid that if I have organ donor on my license and then like I'm in a car accident, they won't try as hard to save my life. But that's just because I'm paranoid. That's not true. I don't think. I think it's an American thing, not believing in medicine and uh, oh, I believe in hospitals. medicine. I just no, I, I want to survive <laughs> the thing that happened to me. I want them to try yeah. real hard. And if they can't. You think like the doctor is going to be like, oh, there's that super nice lady up on the third floor waiting for a kidney and I could just not save this girl here. And then like, you think that's what's going to happen? That's so scary. No, the paramedics, like, you know, they'll like grab my wallet and be like, oh, she's an organ donor. Don't worry about CPR. I got a cousin who needs a liver. Do they have a quota? (laughs) I'm frightened. Me too. I don't know. See, this, this is why I'm paranoid. And they're sitting there trying to save you and you're like okay if she's ab positive we have someone on the fourth floor right now all i'm <laughs> saying maybe we don't try so yeah. hard all right like you know maybe like a solid c plus instead of an a yeah. today, you know like good <laughs> enough so we don't get investigated but you know do we really want this one to go i mean think about it she probably broke her leg it's gonna be super uncomfortable if anything we're helping her she's gonna have months of rehabilitation she's just it's just much better if she just dies <laughs> the bills oh the bills Think about this new kidney. Boom. She's out tomorrow. We free up another bed. I mean, this is a win-win for everybody except for her. So, you know, so she's been on the list for 15 years. I got a question. Celeste, would you, do you think this should come back? Like, should we be able to just sell our corpses to science if you want? Can we do that? You just said that, right? Like, I uh, don't, Cole? I don't think that we should dig them up. University of Minnesota, University of Minnesota is uh, I, where our Represent. families apparently got the hookup. Yeah. Yep. U of M. What's up? Uh, no. Yeah, I absolutely. I absolutely do. I think that hospitals make a fuck ton of money. I think that universities make a fuck ton of money. Yeah. yeah. 
I think, I think you should absolutely be able to sell your body either like for transplants or for research. Either way, I still think you should be paid for it. Yes. How much? Totally. How much? Full body. Richard, you get cost- Richard's co- corpse and you sell it. What do you think I'm worth? Pregnant or not? The cost of, of getting rid of you after. <laughs> like your burial, your funeral, whatever, your family, like that would be, that should be the cost. Okay, that's a fair. I just think that it, like you shouldn't be left with more expenses after you die. That is the stupidest thing about society as a whole is that you are left with more expenses posthumously. How fucked is that? I wonder if uh, like if we did get this, what Celeste is suggesting, maybe they could just repo your body. You know, you could just give your body. <laughs> <laughs> what is that uh, collateral or whatever that movie is where like they start, uh, they go in and they start repoing people who have gotten like, yes. uh, like organs repo and men. shit like yeah. that. Yeah. So we could just start men. repoing our bodies. This mm-hmm. is a great idea. And the more fit you are, or the more of an oddity you are, the more you get. Like if you got like a fucking, like a second face on your cheek, that's extra money. You know what I mean? Or if you're a, absolutely like 700 pounds, that's like freakishly huge, right? So maybe that's worth more money. Covered in tattoos, mm-hmm. oh, Richard. <clears throat> Sell it by weight. Uh... <laughs> Put them on a scale and pay per pound. <laughs>